Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would speak to us this morning or remind us, encourage us, exhort us, help us, Lord Jesus, and as we spend time later praying together that you would be in our midst, Lord Jesus, you're faithful and good. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. We've been looking at the Proverbs and understanding that they are a part of wisdom literature along with some other books or that's how we would define them Job as well Ecclesiastes and some would even say the Song of Solomon we've defined wisdom as just even almost attributes of God that come to play it's not necessarily our ideas we looked and can see in James that there is certainly a difference between human wisdom and and God's wisdom. But the Proverbs are, I loved when I read this, almost like God's wisdom in working clothes for everyday life. So you might remember the Proverbs 1 through 9, 1 through 8, and a little bit of 9, a dad speaking to his son, giving him some thoughts about wisdom, to seek wisdom. And there are some, yeah, these one kind of liners that we see, but then that's continued through the rest of the book. And when you read Proverbs, it's like, I don't know, you kind of feel like it's bouncing around a bit, right? Like there's a lot of different thoughts and verses, and we try to learn from them practically in how to live our life. Last week, we talked about our words. Wasn't that great? No, thank you, George. (laughs) If you didn't hear that and you're listening, you got to get through the first few minutes where the mic died. But such an important message on what comes out of our mouth and a lot of proverbs about that. This week, I wanted to talk about because... Oftentimes as a pastor, maybe as a friend, you would hear this. What's next for me? Maybe someone is talking to you. Could be a decision they have to make. Could be career. Could be relationships. Could be going into retirement. Decisions about the future. Young, young adult, raising kids, retiring, seniors. I think I hear that question probably top 10 as a pastor. Pastor, I have so many options or I'm thinking, I don't know. I need some direction. Mm. Yes, sirree. That is a very big one. And the Proverbs do address this. So I thought it would be great this morning if we talked and learned a little bit of God's wisdom about seeking direction 
or understanding or how to process what's next in our life. Now, if you've come here and you have a decision to make and you think that I'm going to tell you, oh, just pray about it and God will tell you today. Well, maybe, but I doubt it. (laughs) There's so much more involved. When I was on our trip to Michigan about a week ago, it was interesting because Caleb's father-in-law, we were sitting down, they made a beautiful meal for us. And to start conversation, he asked this question, what are your plans for the next five years? What are your goals? What are you thinking of? And of course, in truly Dan fashion, I sat there dumbfounded and thought, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Caleb's got, I don't know. Isn't that a hard question? But a question, yeah, oftentimes we can think about. Proverbs 16.9, probably one you might have memorized as a kid. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I love that verse. And that speaks for the next five years, the next ten years. That verse speaks to the rest of our life. What direction are we going? Now, I find that interesting. Do you remember when we used to use these? Yeah, it looks old because it is old. But some people actually still use these. But you know what? Don't GPSs make us feel pretty stupid? Because they tell us every exact turn we're supposed to take. You ever notice that? Whether you've programmed it to be that nice English lady or some other guy, depends. I think you can program it. But you don't even have a choice, basically. I guess they do say fastest way, cheapest way, no tolls. But I remember the day when we had to pull out this and you almost look, oh, there's four or five ways I can get to the destination. Do you remember that? And I can remember being in the car and thinking I knew the way and Amy's saying, I think we're lost. (laughs) No, maybe that's just me. And it's truly man fashion saying, I know where I'm going. (laughs) I know where I'm going. What is our direction for life? And I think sometimes we think it's like a GPS when, you know what? It's not quite like that when we start living our life. One turn can lead to another turn, which can lead to another turn. But as we read that verse, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. I found great comfort for that in a in a couple of ways in regards to my life. Well, the first thing I thought is, boy, this verse brings up a little debate in my mind between Arminianism and Calvinism. I know you probably don't think that, and those things are man-made terms. But in the first part of the verse, we have our thoughts, our responsibility, and our choice. Do you see that? A man's heart plans his way. But then we have God's sovereignty, but the Lord directs the step. Oftentimes people have argued 
and gone in one ditch or the other in regards to it's all free will or it's all God's choice. I happen to believe in both. How about that, right? And I think the comfort I have from the beginning of this verse when I look at my life is it is my responsibility to be wise and to think and to plan for what's ahead. You see, we need a vision. And without a vision, we know the proverb says the people perish. But I think without goals, without vision in regards to my relationship with God or what I'd want to see at church, that we wouldn't really go anywhere. And maybe in your life, it's the same thing. You do what you think is right. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And I don't think some people who feel they're super spiritual can say, well, why didn't you like... Ask the Lord, well, sometimes I do, and I don't get this audible response, so I choose to do what I think is right according to his word. Amen? And we see that in God's word beautifully. Luke, the doctor, he said, you know what? It seems good that I write these books. He didn't say, well, I had a vision to do that, though we see that in other places. This was a good thing to do. And so I thought to do it. It's not against God's word. I'm being faithful to God. I'm serving God. There's no contradiction in my decision with scripture. And I'm going to step ahead with what? His word and my heart, according to his word, want me to do as much as I see. Amen? And I think that's really important. And we need to understand that. And we don't have to get on our super spiritual face and look down on that. Because that's a lot of life. You know, we get to this a little later, but Paul, after his first missionary journey, when he was going to head out, he wanted to grab Barnabas, but Barnabas had a little conflict. But he thought, you know what? I'm going to go back to the other churches and encourage them. That was his thought. I'm going to go back. And the beauty of it is, God was big enough that he was going the wrong way to stop him and say, no, we're going to go this way. And that's the second part of our verse. It's beautiful. We think to do what's wise and right, but we can trust that the Lord will direct our steps. Is that the kind of God you serve? Or are you afraid to make decisions thinking, if I go the wrong way, I'm in deep trouble? Well, no. I'm going to choose what's not contradictory to Scripture, what I think is right, and I trust God in his sovereignty to gently and lovingly direct me the way I should go. I guess I'll put it this way. A man's heart uh, plans his way, but maybe we hold our plans loosely. (laughs) Amen. How many in this room can say, I planned this for my life, and I was going to go this way? Are you exactly where you thought you would go, and you planned it to be? Well, probably 95% of you would be like, "Uh, no, this is not what I planned. 
I was trying to be wise and do the right thing, but this is not what I expected nor desired. But God was faithful. He was sovereign. And he helped me through his loving kindness to get me where I needed to go. Amen. And you know what? As I look at free will and God's sovereignty, if I see God as a good God, both comfort me in my journey through life. Both exhort me. I want to be responsible. I want to do the right things. I want to do what God wants me to do. I step out in faith, trusting that he is sovereign and he will take care of me. And I don't have to be paralyzed by fear in making the wrong decision. And I think sometimes I can see that as a pastor. And you're just like, it's okay. Is it sin? Is it contrary to God's word? Has he shown you anything else? Well, no. Okay, we'll step out and we can trust our loving God to direct our steps. Is that good? Yeah, I, I was ministered to that. And so when we pull out this map, we plan the way, but sometimes there's detours. That's where your GPS can help. These don't really help, right? But we can go and it switches, but God will help us in that way. Okay, we'll leave that alone. And um, I just want to get to a couple bigger issues in making decisions. Uh, you might not call them bigger, but I call them bigger. And I think it's important and some specific guidance to what God would have for us. And I would just encourage you in this. And, you know, one of the first sermons I ever did way back in New Jersey, it was Mother's Day. Oh, man, I'm thinking 20 some years ago. There's one point that stuck to me, and it was kind of on this topic of direction and seeking God's will and making decisions. It was this. Don't always be seeking new direction, but simply grow in to what God has for you. Did you hear me? I was getting an amen in the back. I love that, right? He can show you guys like, yeah, come on. Don't always be seeking what's next, but this trusting that God, as you grow in him, will be so faithful. Can I say, just allow Christ in you to show you through everyday life what the next step is. Proverbs 4.18 But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines every ever brighter unto the perfect day. And you say, well, what does that have to do with things? I really believe as we walk in desire to be more like Jesus, to be righteous, that he will illuminate ever brighter the path that we should take. I remember when I first came to Canada and we were living at Silver Lake, and it's beautiful. I was there this week, camps going on, family was there. But the problem was that everybody went home. 
And we were left there in the barren winter months. And there wasn't many people living there. To socialize, we'd had to do swim lessons. We didn't know anybody in Perth. Those were our big moments on Tuesday and Thursday. (coughs) Going to swim lessons. Because I would sit with other parents on the bleachers. And I wasn't sure what my next step was supposed to be. We gathered our family. We moved in faith. Okay, we're going to plant a church. We're going to do some discipleship. But what was that going to look like? And I remember someone specifically or having a word given to me. And I didn't understand it at the time, but I've come to understand it very well. There was a person with a lamp, or maybe you could say a flashlight. And they're walking and it was dark and night. And maybe you've done this. Just see it yourself. You're out in the woods or you light it up. And what do you do? You light up the steps that are what? Right in front of you. And this person said to me, put your lantern out. Walk three steps and the next three will be illuminated. And to me, that's the whole idea of you don't have to know what's going to happen in five years or ten years. Though I said it's good to plan. It's important to walk each day. And as you walk each day, God is faithful to show you what's next. Because we, again... I want to plan, but don't get so fixated on 10 years from now, right? What do you have to do today and tomorrow and next week? And as you walk, I believe with all my might that the Holy Spirit will reveal things that are next for you. This is so true. Think of your life that as, oh, this opportunity came. I didn't even know this opportunity was going to come. I didn't even know this. I didn't even know that. And then I'm here and I don't know these things are going to happen and I'm trying to figure everything out. No. We live every day growing closer to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will open doors, close doors. He will have us wait and grow. Sometimes things will happen quickly. Sometimes they'll happen slowly. We don't have to be afraid of missing opportunities as we're seeking God because He is faithful. It is a process of growing closer to Him where He shows us what we need to do. We need to take fear of the future away from our life because it causes us to control which leads to misery for us and everyone around us. Amen? need to be submitted to God's beautiful plan. You know, you might think in the New Testament again to Paul and he was going one way and God turned him Would you, I sometimes think, I know you might not think this, but Paul made, even when he was walking with the Holy Spirit, I think he made some mistakes. I think actually going back to Jerusalem was a mistake. If you study, this is my personal opinion, by the way. But the Holy Spirit told him, he stopped off in one hand through them, don't go back. Do you remember that? The Holy Spirit spoke to him, don't go back. And someone, I think it was Agabus, put the belt up and this is what's going to happen to you. He goes, like, no, I'm going. Because he had determined in his heart that's the way he should go. 
The thing is, when he got there, God was so faithful to say, well, really, you're going to get to Rome. And I'm going to get you there. There might have been an easier direction, but it's okay. I'm going to get you there. Right? So step by step, that process then of working through Festus and Felix and all expense paid trip to see Caesar so he could be in Rome. Not the way he planned it, but day by day, growing. And God brought him there and used him there. And aren't you glad he was in Rome because he penned some of the most beautiful epistles from jail when he was there? Is that the way he had planned it? No. Was that maybe God's original intent to get there? I don't know. But I know God got him there eventually, day by day, growing in what we have. God will show us what is important. Finally, with your decisions. And I learned this sometimes working through my kids. And maybe I'm not that old, but I've come to realize you know what, the destination or the end decision isn't even the important thing. I know, you think I'm crazy? <laughs> no. Oftentimes I'm learning the journey has become way more important than the destination. Where are you living for? What, do, what are you living for? If you're living for decisions, getting it perfect here and now, that's not the way to live. You're living for eternity. This is just practice. In what way? Not to become perfect, but to trust God more every day. Amen. And so we think it's all about whatever the goal or the strategy or the money or the career or the spouse. And obviously we want to do right, right? But God is so concerned about your heart and molding you to become more like him. Even if you've chosen wrong. Proverbs 3, probably the most famous proverb, verse 4 and 5. and Trust in the Lord. You want to finish it with all? Yeah, come on, you guys know it. And lean not on your own. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will. Okay, he'll direct your path. Beauty, right? So good. We learned that in Sunday school, didn't we? If you have a memory like mine, though, you might have learned it in Sunday school, but it's still slipping away. <laughs> Find if I hear a verse on the radio or Amy was playing some podcast go to sleep thing last night and was quoting verses. She's in a quoted a verse and I was like, oh, I know that verse. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of it unless someone said it. And a verse like this is so famous, but yet so important in finding direction in our life and knowing it's more about growing closer to him. Because I believe God is more concerned with our faith and trust in him than anything else. And that we would not lean on our own human understanding, but we would acknowledge 
We would acknowledge him that he is in control and who he is. And as we do that, he is so faithful to direct us. Where's your heart today? Is it about you and this world? Is it about you determining the perfect decision for your life or next week or for tomorrow? We want to do well, but God wants your heart. He doesn't want you to trust him halfway and live in fear. To, to give him this, this is easy to give him, but I can't, I can't give you this. It might be finances, it might be career, it might be children, it might be spouse. I can't give you, what, what? The verse says, with all your heart. With everything that's precious to you, can you trust God? And not trying to fix it with your own ability or understanding. You see, I'm Mr. Fix-It, and I tell you, all that leads to is anxiousness and worry. Especially when I'm supposed to be sleeping. No, we can acknowledge that God is good, that God is faithful, And as we grow in him and give him our hearts, he will direct our path. Just want to add to that just a little tiny bit. Because some versions say this. Not that he'll direct your path. Maybe you memorized it in another version. It says, he shall make your path smooth. Oh, yeah. I want to be smooth, don't you? So sometimes we're looking for direction and we're all into that and the right path. And I know it might sound a little repetitious this morning, but God, as you trust in him, wants you to take the rocks out of the path. The worry, the fear, the sin to medicate what you don't think is going well. And that only comes from trusting in him. Yeah, the promise, I do believe he'll direct us. But listen, he wants to smooth it out. Not that life won't be hard, not that we're not going to get lost. But as we acknowledge him and our heart grows in faith towards him in all our decisions, and we see it's about our character for eternity, It just happens to be a little easier, doesn't it? Maybe not the answer you wanted to your dilemma today. But you know what? It makes decision-making a whole lot easier. What are you facing? But that's the trust. Amen? So thank you, Jesus. That you are faithful and good. That you promise, as we trust in you, that you will direct us. The Lord, this morning, help us to be responsible, to do what's well, to step out in faith, to trust you, God, not to be afraid. 
Lord, I do believe you use your Holy Spirit to give us amazing ideas and amazing things to accomplish and do. Yeah, you've made us to work for your glory. But this morning, may we trust you that you are faithful, that you will direct us, that you are good. Lord, we might be in the midst of a very difficult time wondering if we've made the right decision. But you are forgiving, that you are gracious, that you are loving, and that you are expanding our trust and our faith in you. And we give you praise. I pray for all our hearts this morning that we would trust you more, no matter the decision. May we not lean on our own understanding and our own fear. Lord, you're so good. Lord, we know that prayer is so important too. And maybe this morning someone has a decision or is looking what's next in their life. So we simply ask because we know you answer. Would you show them what to do? Would you direct them through open and closed doors? through visions even, through wise advice, through passions of the heart. God, would you, show, would you show them? I don't think you're a confusing God. We can be confusing. But Lord, we pray that we would hear you, we'd know your word, and that we would walk with you. We look back at our lives and we simply say, you are faithful. Whether we've done good or bad, you are faithful. You never let us go. You're preparing us for eternity. You love us so much. And we cast our eyes upon you morning we're going to take communion as we always do to remember Jesus. So good. This is a really important part of our service because during the week we can get so self-centered and so evaluating ourselves in so many ways. We just need to cast our eyes on you, your body and your blood. And realize who we are, children of God. We would also love to pray for you. If you need healing, maybe you would just like more specific prayer for direction. The elders, Amy will be in the back. Let's just worship the Lord. Enjoy Him together.
and what he's done for us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at northgateministry.com. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at Northgate Ministry. Northgate Ministry.